time for Gene Shepard, humorist, after-dinner speaker, and recipient of the Mark Twain Award for something pretty evil. <laughs> oh, yeah. Not, not evil at all. I was just, you know, just reality. Uh, somebody, uh, somebody wrote me a card here, and I was uh, looking at it, and uh, it was a guy that had been in the Army, see, for some time. Well, I spent a few years in the, uh, in the uh, company of uh, many other guys wearing the same suit. So he said, he says, can you imagine what would happen if, you know, we're making all these things like mash and that, you know, and they're supposed to be realistic, which, of course, they're anything but, including even Catch-22 is very unrealistic. And he says, can you, oh, yes, I'm sorry. Uh, in fact, Catch-22 is probably the most unrealistic novel ever written about uh, service life. And for that reason, is greatly admired by people who've never been in. So, um, <laughs> nevertheless, oh yes, the, the further you get away from truth, the more the unwashed love it. I can tell you uh, uh, the number of, of novels written about Hollywood that all the people eat up, they just lap it up, is because it's the civilian or non-Hollywood view of what Hollywood is. And if you augment person, people's myths, they think it's really great, you know, it's really terrific. And they read this stuff up. Has nothing to do with the real Hollywood, but uh, it has a lot to do with the Hollywood myth, and that's true of Catch Twenty Two, which very much so. And uh, oh yes, indeed, I I, uh, I was fascinated by this guy's card. See, I I didn't intend to do this on the show. <laughs> I'll, I'll come right out with it. He said, "Can you imagine what would happen if somebody decided to really do a, a, a say a play or a novel?" or a uh, movie 
where they actually use real GI language. And I had to laugh like hell because, because it is quite true. Uh, the, the civilian believes the GI language consists of one word. Oh, no. GI uh, obscenity is extremely rich and, and uh, varied. And, uh, oh, yes, and uh, very, I've never read any of it. What, I can't tell you any of it here. What do you, give us a, give us a sample? Are you kidding? Some of the, some of the expression, no, and they're all basically, there's a basic underlying humor to it. Uh, it it's all humor, in fact. That's the, the, the subject of GI humor, the genuine thing, has rarely been explored by an ex-GI. Mostly it's a professor who was never anywhere near the scene. So I can only tell you, for example, uh, I can think of a, a number of great expressions that, uh, that the civilian has never heard in his life. Now, you go down to the deli and you buy cold cuts. The army had a term for cold cuts. In addition, he had a term, he had a term that, that differentiated between cold cuts. For example, if you get liverwurst, you get one kind. And if you get, say, uh, Maloney, you got another. <laughs> I'm just simply telling you that the, that the GI expressions were fantastic uh, it, as far as their human. Now, you think you know. Well, I don't know whether you do or not. Uh, and I'll give you another one. Uh, for example, uh, they had great expressions for, uh, for, for uh, well, for beds, for example, had certain names, which I've never heard in a film. Uh, I mean, stuff that's uh, pretty, pretty innocent. For example, potatoes had a, had a name in the Army, which uh, if I used on the air tonight, I would be banned for life from, from any media. No, I would, not, I would not be on the air here. Now, I'll tell you what we'll do. If, if you're fast, I have a whole, see, because I spent four years. Of course, I must say this. It depends on, on what kind of Army you were with. Now, in, in, the, in the case of, say, if you were spent most of your time, let's say, associated with the Air Force, you would have a whole series of phrases and, and, uh, and references that, say, somebody in the engineers would not have. He would have others. So when you use the term GI language, uh, you have to specify pretty much. Are you talking about the ground troops? Or are you talking about the Air Force? What are you talking about? On the other hand, the Navy, there were certain crisscrosses, I must say. Uh, uh, where, where the Navy would also have the same phraseology <laughs> for something as the as the Army did, although they didn't often crisscross. Well, they did in some ways, uh, curious enough. Now, uh, there were certain uh, terms that were used that were just, and are still used, by the way. These are not old-fashioned terms. These are, these are terms that are still in use in various Army uh, elements around the world, and yet they don't have much to do with the kind of language that is used, for example, in uh, novels about the Army. Uh, I, don't, I don't want to get into this. I just say, to my uh, answer to this guy's card, what a fantastically funny movie it would be if the G.I.s talked the way they do. Uh, I'll never forget the first five minutes in the Army. I couldn't believe it. I, 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 uh, here I was, you know, I was from the steel mill. I, I lived in the, the toughest uh, part of the country in the world. You know, I was not in this... In any sense, from a sheltered background, you must understand, <laughs> no sheltered. I'm sorry, Fred, you cannot grow up in a steel mill town and live a sheltered existence at the same time. They are almost uh, self-canceling. 
and uh, every conceivable kind of language had, had uh, flowed uh, from one ear and out the other. Uh, you must understand, I played three or four years of, uh, of high school and uh, football, and college. I heard a lot of stuff. But I got in the Army, and five minutes after I'm in the Army, this, this guy opened the door and hollered something, I flipped. <laughs> I laughed like hell. See, I laughed for about 20 minutes. You know, I said, Jesus, you know, the Army's going to be really wild if they talk like this. Well, I had just barely scratched the surface. <laughs> now, I know that a lot of you wonder, what, what, what kind of stuff is he talking about? What, what is this? Well, uh, first of all, the Army, of course, has innumerable variations on various bodily functions. But that's the obvious. It also has names for everything, euphemistic names. For example, a pillow, uh, uh, a bed, uh, uh, almost everything that you have in your ordinary life, the Army had a name which had, at one and the same time, an erotic, obscene, slash, funny connotation. <laughs> now, what do you think they call potatoes? You, you had no idea about that. All right. Uh, such a little innocent thing, like like say you're sitting at the at the at the mess hall, say, and you're 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 in a real veteran crowd, you know. You're not you're not in a in a new bunch of guys. You guys all know the language, see. So the guy turns and he he says to the other guy, he sees down at the other end, he's got the coffee in front of him, and all right, he wants to put uh, he wants to put some milk or cream in it, right? So he looks down there and he sees they got the pitcher down there, see, and it's got this it's got this cream in it. What does he call it? Does he say, uh, would you please uh, pass the cream? Are you kidding? <laughs> that may be an officer country, but among the, among the yard birds, they really, they really had a... And so I, I remember about the third day, I'm, I'm standing in line in a mess hall, and of course what happens is, if you're in line in a mess hall, the word is immediately passed back all down the line as to what they're having today. See, so I'm standing there innocently. I'm a brand new private in the back there, waiting in line. And uh, all of a sudden, the guy in front of me says, "Hey, he says, uh, oh damn it, he, you know, blast of obscenity." I said, "What's the matter?" And he says, "Oh, I forgot it's Wednesday. I wouldn't even come to this damn mess hall." I said, "What's the matter?" He said, "I've been down eating. Uh, I've gone out and get myself some Milky Way candy bars." I said, "Why?" And then he tells me what they had which I had no idea what he meant. Now, it wasn't SOS, okay? Which is what the civilian thinks they're always saying. That's a civilian phrase. At which point, <laughs> it's rarely heard in the Army. <laughs> I think that came out of the Boy Scouts. It didn't have much to do with the Army. So I said, I says, what? What's that? And so the guy behind me says, oh, no, oh, wow, he heard it, see? And he passed it back, and immediately the guys in the back of the line started to peel off. And, and, and I peeled off. I trotted away with them. See, I figured, well, you know, I'm, gonna, I'm in the Army. I learned how to do it. See, so I peeled off with them. And five minutes later, we're all down, you know, we're down at the PX eating a, a powerhouse candy bar. <laughs> and that was our lunch, you know, washed down by a lukewarm Coke. So, uh, and, and uh, I didn't know what this stuff was. So, so a couple of days later... I'm back in the line again, and the guy says, uh, turns another guy up in front, and he says, uh, 
Well, you know, he's passing the word back what they, what they got, and he tells me what it is, see, and I knew I heard the phrase before now, see, I knew that I knew, and a couple of guys started to peel off again, so I turned to the guy behind me, I says, they got blah, 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 and the guy says, oh, damn, and he turns, and, and some guys stayed, some didn't, you know, there's a certain kind of guy in the army called the chow hog, who if they serve rocks would stay. Uh, you know, the idea of getting free food to him is so fantastic that he just wouldn't quit. I mean, if they gave him rocks with gravy, he'd, he'd stand there and eat the gravy and the rocks. He would do it. Come back for seconds. Uh, that's <laughs> so, so I stayed in line. So I got up to the front of the line, and there it was. See, then I finally discovered what this stuff was they were talking about. And then I knew why they peeled off, at which point... I was, it was too late because you don't peel off when you're up there at the tray, you see, because the minute you do that, the mess sergeant's standing. You know, what do you, what do you, think, what do you want? Come on, you're in line here, buddy. And uh, so you, you go through the line. Well, I, I, uh, that was one moment of, of uh, revelation. Now, uh, I must add also that various uh, uh, affirmities that affect the human frame or uh, that, that uh, accompany the human body through space have certain very colorful phrases, which I'm sure that many of the medical fraternity would enjoy knowing about if you were out there, because they're very, they're very apt, very, very apt. I remember one... <laughs> I want to tell you about that. So, yeah, well, no, I can't tell you any of this stuff on the air. I mean, if I told you any of this stuff on the air, it would be curtains, friends, and uh, you'd be the first to get mad. So, uh, <laughs> uh, for yes, uh he, uh, he, uh, uh, medical terms constantly were part of it. And uh, so if, if a guy is, is, is lying in his, his, his sack there and he's groaning and, uh, everybody goes out to, to stand, uh, to stand roll call or revel, see, and he's laying there and somebody says, what's the matter with Fred? See, and, and, and he says, well, you know, uh, he tells you what he's got. And you know, you know very well, see, because there's certain diseases that you get in the army where they take time off. In other words, uh, they're, they're, they're called non-legitimate diseases. Yes. In which case, they're charged against you. If you're, say, if you've got a six-year enlistment, for example. Well, I'll give you an example. If you have a six-year enlistment, right, and uh, you go out and uh, you get into a big fist fight with somebody in a bar. Let's assume you do that. And, uh, and uh, the, the MP's come and they put you in the slammer. Uh, the next thing you know, you're down in the uh, stockade, and uh, you're 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 given, say, a month. That's the same as jail. You're given a month in jail. Well, that's charged against you. So that means when you come to the end of your enlistment, you have to spend that extra month. Then, oh, of course, because a lot of guys would use that to get out of everything. They'd sit around. Yes, that's right. You see the reality of life. <laughs> so, so uh, you don't get out of it. And, and there are certain diseases. Did you know that at one time, I don't know whether they still do it or not, but suntan, uh, uh, sunburn, was charged against you. Why? Because it was something you went out and did deliberately, and you were warned against it. And if you, I'm sorry, you're in the Army, honey. You're not uh, playing around at Finch. Uh, this is the real world. So if you if you go out there and, and uh, you... You're sitting in the because uh, you're no use to the army when you're when you're uh, down in uh, the hospital and they're treating you for sunburn because you went to the beach, uh, and yet you're being paid. You see, you're constantly being paid. So they simply say, "Okay, buddy, 
three days, and they put it down in your thing there, and uh, everybody else is getting out now, you spend the next three days uh, carrying around stuff in the discharge center. Well, no, uh, you've got to, you've, you've got to, you've got to, uh, you've got to serve your time. So uh, I remember, I remember one time I'm, I'm down on the beach, see, and everybody, everybody goes down, and this was, this was in the tropics, hotter than, oh my God, fantastic heat. So uh, uh, we went down, we had a two hours off, three hours off, so went down, we laid on the beach there. And uh, the beach was great. Uh, you know, here's this white, white. The only trouble was there was about 5,000 sharks just waiting around out there. So we're laying flat out there, looking out over the, uh, over the ocean. And I remember this great sight, which I, which I forever carry with me, saying, talk about the ultimate boo-boo. I mean, really. Because there are all kinds of things you can do in the, in the services that just, you know, like, like if you're the captain of a destroyer and you turn left when you meant to turn right, and you knock the bow off a twenty-seven million dollar boat, you know, running into the concrete pier. That's embarrassing, and they they take a dim view of it. You just don't call all state. Uh, just no way. So uh, we're, we're we're laying flat out there. See, <laughs> all of a sudden, this was absolutely there was nothing around us for billions of miles around. You know, no 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 civilians. No, we were we were we could have been on the moon. See, we're lying on this this beach there, and all of a sudden we hear this sound coming from our left. And uh, one of the guys, uh, Gasser, I think, somebody said, what the hell's coming down the beach? Uh, and there was nothing on this beach. There was nothing. You, you hear the sound. You can't figure out what, what's coming down the beach. And coming down the beach, you see this little dot coming right down the beach. It's about eight feet off the beach, and it's coming hell-bent for election. And it just goes whistling right down the beach, right over our head. He goes, Whew! and it's a, it's a fighter plane. It's some guy in a fighter. No, he's, he's just a guy in his fighter plane. And uh, he just flies right over us, and he sees us, and he goes, whoo, and wow. And uh, he just blows the sand, and everybody, whoa, wow, you know. And uh, he goes whistling by. Well, and he goes, he sees us, so he waves. He's got, his, he's got the greenhouse, you know. He's got this big, uh, the, uh, the, uh, the big windshield, and the whole pad on him. He's pushed back, see, it's hot. And he's just out uh, on some kind of a training mission or something. He's just flying around, see, and he sees us. Well, at that point, you know, we just, all of us waved, about seven guys in the crowd, you know, we all waved like Kelsey, and, and he goes, whoo, he goes by, and as he goes by, he waggles his wings to let us know he saw us. Well, he flies way down the beach about, you see, about three or four miles, and I'm still laying there, and suddenly he does this fantastic chandelle, you know, he just goes, he goes up straight up in the air, and he lays it down on a wing. And he comes whistling back the other way. See, he's kind of showing off for us. And uh, he's right on the deck, right on the water. So he goes, he goes, ooh, he goes roaring by. Fantastic sight. He was so low over the water that he, he was kicking up a wake, you know, from the wash of the plane. You could see the waves flying. And he's got this, his uh, greenhouse is pushed back. And I remember seeing him. You could see him right out there. There he is, see. He's got... <laughs> he's got no helmet or anything on. He's got all, all it's hot, and so he's flying his thing. And and uh, it looked like, from where I sat, uh, that he had his shirt off. But I could hardly believe that, but he, it looked that way. But he whistled by. So he's, well, then he, he made another great big climbing turn, and he laid it back down on the deck, and he came whistling by once again. And uh, by this time, you know, a couple of guys had just 
shooting the breeze. They're not talking to action. By the way, the Army had another term for that, which I can't use here on the air. So, And it isn't the one that's used in civilian life. So they're, they're sitting there talking away, and, and uh, I'm just idly watching the plane. When the plane goes whistling down, see, he's, now he's making his third pass. He just goes right along the water, and he makes a shallow turn. I still see him in my mind. He's making, making a shallow turn to head out, see. But as he does, his wing catches a wave. And it was fantastic. <laughs> oh, wow. He goes, boom, boom, boom. He goes end over end down the beach in the water, see. Chung, 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 chung. You know, and, 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 and it wound up, it looked like it went about, oh, you know, water's awful hard, you know. It went about, uh, oh, I'd say about the length of a football field, going flopping end over end, seeing big spray flying up. The plane is is uh, sort of half cocked with the wings sticking out, the tail sticking out of the water. See, well, at that point, all of us jumped up. You know, there are eight guys. Whoa! You know, holy smokes! And we see this guy floating around. He's out in the water. There. He's floating around. He's got this yellow Mae West. It's uh. Uh, you know, th this is an automatic thing. When you hit the water, the salt water automatically uh, inflates the thing. He's floating around out there seeing, holy smokes, what do we do? See, well, at that point, uh, a lot of confusing things started to happen. We see this boat uh, suddenly, which we had not observed before. There's a boat suddenly takes off from way down the beach and just roaring like hell. It looked like a looked some kind of a very fast torpedo boat kind of a thing. It was, it was actually a... a uh, a, a Navy a cutter is what it was. And it's, it's going roaring out there. And they picked this guy up. And we never heard any more about it, except that he probably survived. But the, because uh, off they went. Seeing the boat, the plane is out there. And uh, it's it's uh, floating around out there. And it sank then immediately. The plane only stays up uh, on top of the water about, no, it did not blow up. That's only in the movies. <laughs> Stuff always blows up in the I have been driving since I've been 16. And I have never seen a car blow up. They blow up eternally in the movies. Every time they go off a cliff, they blow up. I personally have gone off a cliff, so I never blew up. But that's uh, that's another convention. Everything blows up in the movie. You know, because people want to see that. You know, <laughs> they want to see things blow up. They never in their life see them, but uh, they want to see it. How many times have you driven uh, and seen accidents, Art, and you have never seen a car blow up? Probably never in your life. Yet every time there's an accident on TV, they blow up. Every time. Well, of course, everybody who's listening out there has naturally seen hundreds of explosions. Uh, I don't believe it. <laughs> I don't believe it came as a result of an accident. I refuse to buy it because it's 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 just not a, a very uncommon thing in a car. So anyway, uh, the the this plane did not blow up, which is of course a popular belief that they do. Uh, so the plane sank. It was gone. And all of us are still laying on the beach. The cutter has picked up the guy. And our jeep was sitting back there. We had a jeep and a weapons carrier. So we spend the next half hour laying on the beach. Sun's beating down. Finally, we get back in our jeep and a couple of guys get in a weapons carrier. So gassers, before we get in, see... Gasser was very sharp. Gasser says, hey, wait a minute, you guys, listen. And uh, Alcott says, what? Gasser says, listen, let's not say anything about this. None of us saw that, right? 
<laughs> None of us saw this. At which point, uh, you know, me, dumb, I says, why, why? He says, what do you mean, why? Do you realize we, we probably caused that? We're laying on the beach waving at this cluck. If he hadn't seen us down there, he's probably going to go on by, and that's the end of it. We probably busted up an $8.5 million airplane. I said, geez, I never thought of it that way. He says, not only that, if you say you saw it, you're going to be answering questions till probably the year $5 million. I mean, and exactly what did you see then? What happened then? Why didn't you go out and do this? Listen, we just lay there on the beach and the sun came down. We didn't do nothing. Not one of us tried to get the guy out. So, at that point, it was tacitly agreed that not one person saw the scene. It was never mentioned. We went back. Guy says, how was it on the beach? Ah, dull. Nothing. Eh. Nothing. Well, listen to time. I, well, that's not the only time I did that. One time we were coming back, and uh, there was a guy from Tennessee. Oh, you see these mysterious moments in your life. There was a guy from Tennessee, and I always remember... He was from Tennessee, because you're always talking about Tennessee. And he didn't look like uh, what you would think of C&W. He, he was a guy from Tennessee. Probably went to Vanderbilt or something. So we went out, and all this guy had to do, we used to go out the, at night, see, like we get a couple of uh, three-day pass, we'd go into town. So this guy, all he had to do was walk past the bar. All right, walk past the bar. And he went crazy. I mean, the guy... The guy yeah, it, 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 unbelievable. I never saw a guy so affected by alcohol in my life. Alcohol. Plain, ordinary booze. He's, he'd go crazy. So we, we, we went into this bar one night, all four of us, see? And so we're sitting in the bar. And uh, the bartender comes over and he says, what do you have? So, you know, uh, there I said, I'll have uh, Jim Beam on the rocks. So the guy next to me says, uh, give, me a, uh, give me a double, uh, give me a double scotch. And so, down at the end, Nash, his name was, down at the end, Nash says, uh, I'll have a, give me a, give me a bourbon and Coke. That, by the way, was the last rational word that we heard from this son of a gun that night. He drank the bourbon and Coke, and suddenly he jumped up, ran down the bar, grabbed a guy who was sitting at the other end of the bar, quietly drinking. The guy was a Marine. He went down, he says, you damn Marine, grab him thrown through the plate glass window. Well, here we're sitting. I could hear the silence coming. Well, at that point, so, uh, you know, you've seen these scenes in, in Army pictures. They don't do that. They don't stand there and slug it out. What happens? Everybody runs. So uh, we poured out of that place like it was on fire. See, we're running down the street, and somebody is dragging Nash. He wants to go back and fight everybody. So we finally get him down the street. We are now walking home. See, Nash is bombed out of his, out of his bird. On that one drink, he's white. He gets white, and his eyeballs are staring and going in opposite directions. Somebody says, what the heck are we going to do with him? So we're walking across over this bridge. And it was night. It was dark. And the bridge is going over this water. It's, a, it's, a, it's salt water. There's a fantastic current stream going under there. And I'm walking along in the darkness, and all of a sudden, Gasser hollers, Where's Nash? And somebody turns around. There's Nash walking on the bridge. And he's walking on the... the He's walking on the rim of it, you know. He's up there on the on the. He's up on the parapet, walking along. Somebody says, "Grab him!" In he goes. About nineteen, it's like going off the George Washington Bridge. He's gone. So it was. That was the, the next night. The three of us decided that we didn't see a damn thing. 
Well, what do you mean, oh? Are you kidding? Anybody that does that, he doesn't deserve to be seen. So he's gone, see? <laughs> we hear him hour down there. So we get to the other end. So three or four days later, we're back We're back in the camp. See, we're beginning to wonder, you know, he's never showing up. About three or four days later, suddenly at about two in the morning, there's a, there's a sound. And the barracks door opens, and in comes Nash, and he's got his suntans on, and they're covered with seaweed and barnacles and crud. <laughs> he, 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 he crawls into his sack. Not one of us ever asked him where he was, what he did for the preceding three days, whether he was swimming water, underwater all the time, fighting sharks. He never mentioned it. I never mentioned it. Gasser never mentioned it. None of us. He just crawled, by the way, wearing his clothes. He crawled in under, under the sack with his clothes on. He got seven days confinement to quarters for being AWOL, but they never knew that he spent it swimming. Probably right now, at this moment, there is a successful businessman, graduate of Vanderbilt, probably a member of the Chamber of Commerce, <laughs> who has a secret. <laughs> He always says things like, no, no, never did drink. No, no, I, uh, <laughs> you give this guy one snoopful and he becomes King Kong. And he does not have the talent to be King Kong. It's all right, you know, if you're seven feet tall, you turn into King Kong, you can do it. But when you're three feet nine and you turn into King Kong, people will step on you like you're a bug. So... The army isn't exactly what Joseph Heller leads you to believe. <laughs> You'd like to know some of the phraseology that they use in actual army conversation? You must be over 21 and a genuine qualified student of psychology and sociology. Send your name and address to uh, Cold Cuts, and we will send you your list of absolute, authentic, qualified GI expressions. Try them on your family and get ready to run. You've been listening to Gene Shepard, humorist, author, and recipient of the Mark Twain Award for 1976.